0: Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And today, we're going to be continuing on with our third episode, and starting the how to get into Warhammer arc, more or less. Uh, Episode one, uh, we covered the difference between sci-fi, fantasy, and the general overarching views of both of those settings in the warhammer range and episode two we talked about the different types of armies that exist in the game in very broad strokes so that way you could kind of get an idea of what the different armies fall into and their strategies and at the end of that episode we promised that today we'd get a little more specific what we were talking about so john do you want to pitch to the people at home exactly what we're going to be diving into today
1: all right, so today we're going to be talking a little bit more about Age of Sigmar specifically and uh, diving into starting an army. Like, we, we talked to you about, you know, these are the types of armies in the games and what they do and maybe one of those appealed to you. Well, this episode is going to be about taking you to the next step of starting an army, picking a faction. We're going to give you some suggestions, tell you how to start it, some stuff to know about them and kind of walk you through Uh, so to start off with, I believe me and Joe decided that we're going to sit here and tell you the very basics of what you need, which is something called a hero and something called battle line. Joe, can you go ahead and explain to listeners what a hero is?
0: Sure. I'll try my best. So I'll preface this by saying we are totally under the assumption that you watched episode two and now at this point are interested in putting down some money on starting your own little force, whatever that may be, but you want to start your own force. Well, like John mentioned, every force is going to feature two things. At least one hero and one battle line unit. So a hero is exactly what you expect. It's a character unit in the game that is by itself and has all sorts of abilities and strengths and stands above the rest of your army, generally leading it forward. Not always, though. The opposite is true for battle line a battle line is a term that age of sigmar uses for what you could call your basic foot troops or your infantry in most cases these are units that are simple generally they're not super powerful on their own and they're cheap in terms of points when you go to build an army however in age of sigmar you have to have battle line to play the game depending on what kind of points levels you're working at. So when we go talking about specific armies here in a couple of minutes, you're going to hear us refer to those terms a couple of times. And I promise you, whatever army you are building, you are going to have at least one hero. You're going to have at least one battle line. It's going to apply to absolutely everybody listening out there. No matter whether you're playing uh, big demigods riding lightning, or you're playing goblins that ate too much shrooms, Gonna have heroes, you're gonna have battle line. And I don't think we're gonna get into a whole lot of some other types of units today, like big monsters or anything, but if we do, we'll talk about it when we get there. Speaking of getting there, John, do you wanna just dive into this thing?
1: Yeah, well, I say we just go straight into it, very similarly to what our first army type is, which is melee, that love to just get right in there. Uh just dive headfirst into combat, and surprisingly, no one. The Age of Sigmar range is very heavily focused on melee, but there's a handful of factions in which it's their, their forte, their specialization, if you will. I think they're actually one of the easier armies to start in something like Age of Sigmar, where it's such a focus, and they're normally a little bit simpler. So Joe, yeah. give us your suggestion as the resident Age of Sigmar guy.
0: Okay, so I'm actually going to hit y'all with a little bit of lore for mine. Because I think the lore for this army is most of what made me and my lady interested in it. So, my pick for the melee faction that I think would be great for new players and I would personally recommend are called the Flesh Eater Quartz. If you look at the box for the Flesh Eater Quartz, you'll see that they're, they're monstrous. They're... Undead creatures with fangs hanging out of their mouth at uneven angles, and drool and blood mixing dripping down their chins. Some of them have weapons, but only so much as a big piece of bone that's been sharpened. A lot of them have rocks. Some of them have corpses still dangling from their mouths. And their leader is a terrifying vampire straight out of of a horror movie, who could ride... A skeletal dragon or a skeletal dire vampire bat, but they don't see themselves that way. They're deluded. They're insane, in their heads. The king—that's a knight in shining armor riding a griffin. The big twelve-foot-tall monstrosities—that's cavalry, and they're coming in to save the day. And all of those little tiny griblies on the ground look like they're all starving and emaciated. They see themselves as regal peasant militia defending their land. And I think that flavor is really cool, no matter how you look at it. I, I like the idea that these guys think they are the heroes. And mechanically, they can really back up the idea that they're regal knights in melee. So the Flesh Eater courts are an army that have almost no ranged attack options the only ranged attack option that i know of they have is that they're the vampire king who rides a a big creature that creature can sometimes scream and hurt people
1: that's that's about it as you would expect that kind of like monster to be able to do
0: yeah i mean like it's a giant vampire bat i'm totally down if it has a big old screech that makes my head explode well i mean i'm not down with it but it's super cool (laughs) it's neat (laughs) (laughs) to quote rod stoppable that would be so cool if it wasn't about to kill me and flesh eater courts they do not feel that lack of shooting because they're just gonna get in there and tear you to pieces and they do have a little bit of magic but generally speaking that magic is used to make them punch harder because they want to get close and tear you to pieces so if that's something that's i'm describing this and you're into well you're in luck Because I would argue this is one of the best armies to get into in terms of what you have to buy to purchase it and get it up and running. So Games Workshop in the past couple years has come up with these boxes called Start Collecting Boxes. You're going to hear it all over the place. I'm sure we're going to say it at least 18 times throughout the rest of this episode. If not more. Uh, That's a pretty conservative estimate. But a Start Collecting Box is really just a big old bundle that they've made to give you some value. They're going to combine a couple of things into one box, so that way when you buy it, you're pretty much ready to play a small game right out the gate. Uh, these Star Collecting boxes usually include a hero. Hey, call back. Hey. Uh, there we go. We're getting, we're pro podcasters. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're pro anything. They usually also come with a battle line, at least one. And then they usually come with a sort of like third supplemental unit. In this case, I'm gonna recommend the start collecting box for Flesh Eater Courts. It's it's the best way to jump into it. Some start collecting boxes are kind of mediocre. Most of them are good, some are great. And this is one of the great ones. Anything you could want, you could pretty much get out of this box. So if you pick up one start collecting box. You've got a hero that's on top of a big terrifying creature. You've got yourself uh, 10 ghouls, which are battle lines. So now you have your battle line fulfilled for like a 500 point game. And then you've got four crypt horrors or crypt flayers, depending on if you want big dangerous flappy flaps or if you want big muscly dangerous things. And that's going to be a great way to start your force. Uh, They're fairly easy to put together. They're fairly easy to paint, I can tell you from watching my girlfriend get into this. And uh, they're also not too mechanically difficult to get your head around. They look like they are creatures that want to get close to the enemy and start taking bites out of them. And that's exactly what you want to do. So if you're looking to get in on this melee end, I cannot recommend them enough.
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and take over for you here, Joe, and give you all a brief overview of the Blades of Corn, another melee faction. Uh, somewhere on the internet, I'm sure, you've seen the phrase blood for the blood gods, skulls for the skull throne. Hey it's y'all. the tagline for these guys. Um, they are a mixture of mortals and demons of corn that work together to shed blood. They are all about getting in there and fighting, whether it's people on the same side of them on chaos or people that aren't. Uh they only care about getting into melee and killing stuff in melee. They have a few ranged units, but they're all about melee. So much so that when they kill units, or their units die, you get points, and those points can allow you to give buffs to the army or summon more units, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun because you're as you're Killing enemy units and losing your own units, you're getting stuff you can do, and it can be a pretty satisfying experience. Uh, and similarly to Flesh Eater Quartz, they have two start collecting boxes. Well, no, doesn't Flesh Eater Courts only have one start collecting no, box? No, yeah,
0: start uh, Flesh Eater Quartz only has a single start collecting box. Most armies do only have one start collecting box in
1: terms of releases. Well, this one's special then in that it has two. It's got the start collecting demons of corn. Which comes with like blood letters and these big round, like mounted, you know, infantry called blood crushers, and like a skull throne, which has got like a blood letter sitting on this throne. That's like a chariot. It's super cool, like super cool starter if you like the demon side of things. And uh, the other one is more about the mortals. It's called the Corn Bloodbound Goreblade Warband. It's a mouthful. What a name! Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's pretty. Mix and match blood and, like, gore and blade and mix those all together and you have all every corn faction ever. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> but the mortals um, in this side bring a specific kind of flavor to the army and instead of the demons. So if you're going to play this army, I would pick one and then probably later on buy the other one, if not multiple of both. They're both pretty good and you can reuse all the stuff in both. I will have a note, though, if you are planning on playing both games and you are interested in playing demons for both games, the start collecting demons of corn works in 40k as well, so it's like a double value Yeah, and it's super good.
0: Yeah, demons can dip into both games, so it's, then you have a little bit of flexibility, although that's something we'll cover more on next week's episode where we dive specifically into 40k.
1: Yeah, like that's a little teaser for next week, but yeah, mm. that's... Oh. But there's not really a whole lot to explain with corn with and Melee in general because it's kind of it's a simpler way of playing. It can be challenging, but it's normally get there, punch, be really excited that you punch stuff. But Joe, yeah. what's the, uh, the next playstyle we were going to talk about? Uh,
0: so we wanted to kind of follow the, the structure that we put in for last week. So now that we've talked about people who like to get up in there and rip heads from shoulders... We thought we'd talk about the exact opposite end of the spectrum and then fill it in as we go along with the other stuff. So let's talk about shooting, John. We're going to talk about shooting. People in a fantasy setting who will tear you apart from at least 20 yards. So this could be a bit of a harder pick for Age of Sigmar. uh, As we talked about in episode one, when we went over the pros and cons of both settings, Age of Sigmar, generally speaking, is a more balanced, slight or slightly melee-focused setting, just because of the nature of fantasy with swords and spears and hammers. But there are a couple of notable exceptions if you are someone who wants to dominate in the shooting phase. My pick, that I think is the easiest for a newer player to get into, if that's really their shtick, are a unit called the Caradron Overlords. So again, I'm going to hit you with the lore first. The sort of thousand foot view to see if you're into it. Do you really like capitalism? Do you like venture capitalists? Do you enjoy the idea of greedy dwarves who had mined everything from the ground so they now have to go to the skies to find more mining? Caradron Overlords might be for you. Because in a nutshell, they are steampunk dwarves with all sorts of steam guns Oh, and did I mention they have flying airships? Oh, yeah. They have flying airships. With cannons. Um, if that doesn't make you interested, then I don't think this shooting force is for you. But there, hopefully, at least one person out there who thinks that's interesting. I will say these models are striking. Oh, yeah. Some things at Age of Sigmar, if you, like, see them on a shelf, you're going to pass them over. But at any time I see Caradron overlords on, like, a paint shelf somewhere, I stop and look at them, because they just look cool. They've got these, like, big steam hammers and the big cannons and dirigibles. Some other guys have, like, balloon suits. It's hard to
1: miss them. Yeah, they they have this, like, unique flavor to them in not just Age of Sigmar, but I, in a lot of miniatures games in general, where it's it's steampunk, but it's not heavy gear-based steampunk. It's more... How do I put it? Like, it's like diesel punk. It's got a bigger diesel punk flavor to it than it does yeah, Steve. And it's
0: heavy on the oh, diesel. It's so good. Yeah, uh, they are great looking models. And like Flesh Eater Quartz, y'all, I'm going to recommend the Star Collecting box. Again, no surprise. First, because as we mentioned before, Star Collecting boxes are just a cheaper way to get more models in one box. And also, it's going to cover all the basics you need. So the Star Collecting box itself comes with a hero unit called an Indrin Master. Uh, this is a hero with a big steam hammer who can lead your army. Then you get a set of five- they call them Grunstock Thunderers, but they're they're your battle line. They're your basic armored dwarves with steam guns. And then you get three Sky Wardens, which are probably my favorite model in the box, if I'm gonna be honest dwarves with balloons on their backs that use that to get close and stab things while flying through the sky around their ship and then you get a ship itself a a gun hauler so you get all this together and if you build this up and paint it you're almost ready to play a game like i i don't think you need anything else to play like a 500 point game with your buds
1: yeah and another like really good benefit to the army and this is also my suggestion for shooting army of sigmar because it's Honestly, probably the best pure shooting faction for Age of Sigmar mm-hmm. for somebody who that's the thing they want to do is that if you want to grow this force to like a big 2000 point force to play like the biggest games, not biggest games, but you know, uh, the what you're going to see on the Internet as the normal sized games. It's a lot easier to do with your heart on overlords, not just because it's going to cost less money because you only need to buy a couple to start collecting kits, but also because there's not a lot of models to paint in it. It's a fairly elite army, uh, and we'll get into elite armies later on in this episode. But that's also a good thing; like it'll appeal to you. You got lots of dudes who shoot stuff, and it's a little bit easier to play. So, yeah, I think
0: there's something to that. Although I will note that uh, Caradron Overlord can be a little bit difficult. You've got to be willing to kind of figure them out over time. And the only thing that makes me hesitant to recommend them to a new player is that their models are very detailed. So painting them is something that you've just got to take your time with and accept that you will get done whenever you get done and not to rush it. Absolutely. And if you you do that, I mean, you get some cool looking models without being a pro painter. I think that that's pretty awesome for a new player to be able to achieve when they get into the game. And John, did you say you're picking the same one for this one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I went through the list multiple times, and I just kept coming back to Kahard and Overlords. I, I can't recommend them more to like newer players, just because they're such a unique force. And some of the other armies can do shooting really well, but they're uh, it's a little bit more difficult to explain them uh, without having to go into too much detail. And we don't, I don't want to really overwhelm anybody. Whereas Kahdo Citar- and Overlords kind of make it their thing to shoot these like cyberpunk not cyberpunk steampunk uh blunderbusses at people from the sky and it's just it's super rad
0: yeah undeniably cool and also they can be as simple as you want um they've got a lot of secondary rules that are only useful every once in a while and as you get comfortable with the faction you could use those but you don't have to all the time well i think that kind of covers shooting Wouldn't you agree uh I could talk about Caradron Overlords all day and their glorious models, but I think we should probably move on. Yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of armies to get through <sighs> we've here. We've got so much to get through. All right, so It's good next, that we end talking about this. Uh, here we go. The one that I think is the best type of army for a new player to play. Like if someone came up to me with no secondary information, said, Hey, Joe, what do you think I should play getting into the game? I would tell you to use what we called last week an all-arounder army or what I like to call a toolbox army. An army that has a little bit of everything built in to one force. John, I pretty much went first for the last Caradron Overlords one. What do you think is the best toolbox army Uh, for a new player? I'm going to
1: go with my roots, and that is Slaves of Darkness. Uh, They are... The evil boys of Ooh. Age of Sigmar. Yeah, they uh They're just these big dark knights that fight for the name of Chaos. And there's it's hard to pin this down as like a specific flavor because there's so many other flavors in this army, which I think is also a benefit in being it's an all-rounder lore as well. Um there's all sorts of narrative there. It's a very big faction in picking what you want to do in it and i think that adds a lot of creative potential to a new player or even an older player that's wanting to start age of sigmar where there's just so many models in the range and they just recently got new models in the range and they're beautiful oh god
0: they're so stunning they got new chaos warriors that are kind of like if you picture an armored knight in your head and then add like mom took us to hot topic and said i could get trip pants (laughs) that's That's what you're working with, and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and they also have a star collecting kit, which is what I'm going to suggest. Uh, It comes with a cool dude, like, cool hero on, like, this weird dragon-looking thing. It comes with infantry and cavalry. And it's kind of the whole base aesthetic, right? You know, big armored Dark Mm -hmm. Knight, big armored Dark Knight on armored horse, big armored Dark Knight on weird evil lizard thing. Like, that's... That's a pretty cool starter aesthetic, but to give like a little overview for some other stuff that you can get into this, they've got big monsters, they've got big casters, they've got all sorts of different like cultist-like human factions, like they've got multiple types of cavalry, and multiple different types of even battle line, like there's, there's and monsters, they have so many monsters. <laughs>
0: yeah, they've got more monsters that you can shake a stick at, and most of them are pretty cool
1: looking. Yeah, and, and this faction will grow with you. Like, it's got some of the most beautiful models in the AOS range. It's got, and it's so easy to start. Like, you can start this faction with a star collecting box, maybe even two, and you're good to go. And you can keep collecting this for with all the options and keep building off of it and never really run out of something to do with it. And I think that's really cool. And for an all-rounder faction, kind of what you're looking for. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, you could start anywhere and end up anywhere.
1: And I think that's pretty much the way to go. But as we'll probably find out here in a second, because I have a feeling I know what Joe picked, the Slaves of Darkness have a kind of mortal enemy in a way. And uh, they're kind of like a mirror to the Slaves of Darkness.
0: Oh, yeah, they are. And I think they're better. Ha ha. Um, you know why? Because they sound like something that should be on the side of a van from the 80s. Alright, I'm going to hit you with the pitch for what I think is the best toolbox army for new players. So, they're called the Stormcast Eternals. If you look at an Age of Sigmar book, the odds are these guys are on the cover. They are the poster boys for Age of Sigmar. And they have a whole new line that was designed just for this game. The idea for the Stormcast is that they are... Creations made by Sigmar to specifically reclaim the mortal realms. That he watches from on high and waits to to see a human do something truly heroic and selfless. And in that moment of sacrifice, he grabs them up in a bolt of lightning, breaks them into pieces, and reforms them on the anvil of apotheosis, which is a great name. And turns them into lightning-infused demigods who can then strike back down to the plains on bolts of lightning in huge groups to defeat chaos and that's that's so cool it so, is objectively
1: so cool. like cool <laughs>
0: like, oh my god i don't know what dio album cover that is but i love it i absolutely love it
1: Like, if you're really into paladins and just lightning dudes in big armor, and ladies in big armor, uh, then, like, Stormcast Turtles is kinda your jam.
0: Uh, yeah, that's where you need to be. And much like Slaves to Darkness, how John was saying that that range is huge, this faction is similarly huge. Uh, So much so that it's actually really difficult for me to tell someone where to start. Just because... Ah, there's so much. So I'll put it this way. The Stormcast came out not all at once. They came out in a couple of releases. And they released them in what they call Storm Chambers. Where these are different groups of Stormcast with different ideas. So you have a whole bunch of Stormcast who are sort of like... Like John said, re- regular paladins and heavy armor with like shields and hammers... And some of them have even bigger hammers. Some of them have wings with hammers. There's a lot of hammers. If you're into that, I would recommend that you start with what they call the Thunderstrike Brotherhood. It's a, it's a star collecting box. And that's going to give you not one hero, but two heroes. Regular battle line, a big punchy unit, and then a unit of guys with wings to fly around really, really quickly on the board. So, you're getting a ton of units in that one box. However, I don't know if that's necessarily the best place for you, the listener, to start. Because there are two other types of Stormcast with two other start collecting boxes associated to them. Uh, the second is what they call the the Vanguard start collecting box. Aren't those like um, the
1: forward kind of shock troops in a way? Yeah, the, well, they're scouts.
0: Oh, if you're okay. into the idea of, like, guys operating behind the lines of the enemy who are sort of slinking through the bushes and the forests, taking their shots when they get the opening. These are those guys. They're also in heavy armor, but they have like pelts and fur. And some of them ride these big like bird, like hawk antelope creatures to get around faster. And if that's your stick, that start collecting box is right for you. And surprise, surprise there's a third chamber that is has a totally different flavor again guys in heavy armor but these guys are all wizards they're called the sacrosanct chamber and every single one of them well i won't say every single one of them most of them are wizards uh and they can cast different types of magic to do different things at different times and they came out with a big set for uh the release of this edition called soul wars where like they split it down the middle the the box had two big two factions worth of models in it and if you can if you really want those like sacrosanct wizard start collecting well not start collecting those sacrosanct wizard stormcast you can go online and get the stormcast half of that box for very cheap and you'll have a ton of stormcast i'm sorry that was so time consuming but I mean, there's three Star Collecting boxes, more or less.
1: Yeah, it takes a minute to get through with Stormcast. Uh, I'm sure later on we'll do more individually with Stormcast because they are a big faction to get into.
0: They are. They're colossal.
1: But all of those ways to get in are totally
0: viable. And in and in terms of the game itself, you can mix and match those units. There's no restrictions on putting them together. Uh, however, what I would recommend is don't worry about like what is... Functionally, the best out of those starting points. If you're like really interested in these Stormcast things, I would tell you to just go look at the boxes on the website and see which models look the coolest to you, and that's the box you buy. Because whatever guys you think look the coolest and you want to paint the most and you want to play the most will give you the most fun. And in a toolbox army, I think that's all you could ask for. Because if you really do want to get competitive later, you could do that, but. At least start with something that makes you smile,
1: you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that with all of these armies, it's a really big point is pick the thing that kind of speaks to you that you're going to enjoy painting. You're going to enjoy telling yourself little stories about while you're working on them, and you'll enjoy putting them on the table. Uh, I think that's the most important thing when picking an army. So,
0: yeah, I mean, if you don't do that, you're you might end up falling out of love with the army, and I don't want that for anybody. Whatever you buy, I want. You- you to be absolutely ecstatic about it. So, and in this case, I would just start with that passion and
1: wherever it takes you, can't be too bad. I promise. Yeah. So, with us talking about the stormcast, slave's of darkness, do we want to head on to the next like category I think is what we're going to call it? Yeah, it sounds what like we should call.
0: Yeah, it. we'll call it an archetype category. Uh yeah, yeah I think we words. head on to Something a little different. Uh, so the stormcast are fairly elite because they're like big honking demigods. Well, let's go into something a little different. Let's head straight to the hordes where we go from big lightning demigods to giant droves of meat. So for You're me... We're talking about
1: hordes? We're talking yeah. about hordes.
0: <laughs> talking about
1: hordes. God...
0: I can already hear your excitement. I can feel
1: it across the ether. (laughs) I love putting lots of bottles on the table and then watching my opponent kill lots of them and picking them up. (laughs) It's unfortunate. What what is this weird masochistic thing? You're
0: killing me. All right. If you're so excited, you go first.
1: Okay. What Horde Army would you recommend? The Horde Army I'm going to recommend. And I'm going to give a disclaimer before I talk about it. It's my favorite army in Age of Sigmar. It's one of my favorite armies in any of the games. And uh, I love their race. I love all of the lore for them. They're great. They're really weird. And I'm going to ex- say ahead of time, their model range is a bit outdated. There's a lot of, like, metal and fine cast. And they might be a little hard to collect and a little bit of a challenge. But if you're anything like me, you're going to love them. Skaven. Skaven are, like, apex horde army for me. Now, you don't Mm -hmm. have to play them as Horde, but I think that that's really the core flavor of the army, is to play at Horde. And what Skaven are, are these little rat dudes that are constantly vying for power from one another, but they breed like crazy, so there's loads of them. So many of them. It's not uncommon to bring just a hundred individual dudes for battle line for Skaven, to to give you a frame of reference for what you're in, in for. Um, and they're a lot of fun. They are a, a lot of fun. They've got some great lore to them. There's even some video games out there you can play with them, like uh, Vermintide, I believe is the name of the PC I uh,
0: highly recommend Vermintide.
1: Yeah, it, if you want to bury someone in the corpses of your dudes, Skaven's the way to go. And there's, it's almost too much in that there's four separate armies you can play in this one faction. Five, actually. And... It's a lot. Like if you, if you're really looking into getting like super into an army, Scaven the way to go. Now you're gonna be building for a while. You're gonna be painting for a while. True. But I think it's worth it because they've got some great lore, and uh, I can I can talk about Scaven for an entire episode if not more. So I'm just gonna go ahead and let you know there's a start collecting kit, but it's only for the Pestilence side, the uh, kind of disease rats aesthetic. So if that's your flavor, Mm -hmm. absolutely start there. Um, It's got, like, a catapult that throws, like, disease, plague stuff. It's got a screaming bell, which is good in a lot of the Skaven factions. That is a shareable unit. It's got a bunch of plague monks that are good in pestilence. But other than that, if I were you, I would look to getting an HQ piece for whatever. Uh, A vermin lord works. uh, I'm sorry. A claw lord works wonderfully. Or like a Warlock Bombardier if you like the weird magic science thing going on. Uh, and then I would pick up like a box of Clan Rats that are normally pretty cheap. And it's a battle line for you. Clan Rats are, I think, the quintessential Skaven unit.
0: and Yeah, it, you're going to need them by the pound.
1: And if you're a new player, uh, I would suggest pick up a box of Clan Rats. Build them. Paint them. If it catches you, keep doing it. Keep keep buying up models that you think are neat, look into what, what side you want to get, because you can use clan, right, clan rats in all of them. And yeah, they're kind of the
0: core of the entire army. That's your bread and butter. You Whatever build you have, you're going to have clan rats in it, so you can't go wrong buying them and painting them.
1: Yeah, I, that's where I would suggest starting. It is a little bit more difficult of an army for a newer player to start, but I had to, I had to say it because I, I have found so much joy in them, and I'm sure someone else will too.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a fan favorite for a reason, and it's one of those factions that's a little older. But most factions that old, they're here because people love them. And I think if you are into the idea of these rats who are absolutely insane, but could take over the world with their great technology, if they just stop killing one another on accident, then you'll be super into this. It's like watching an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. In miniature form,
1: it's amazing. It's pretty great. Uh, they're and they're very unique to to uh, like Age of Sigmar and Warhammer Fantasy, are they not? Like they're you don't see it a lot in like Lord of the Rings or other fantasy settings of like this horde of rat dudes underneath the world. Like they're crazy. They're crazy. They can they can eat holes in reality. It's it's absurd
0: (laughs) and their guns are as good at killing themselves as they are at killing enemies it's delightful it's absolutely
1: delightful so how about this joe you tell me what you think the horde is like horde faction for you is and i'm gonna listen to you talk about it for a bit
0: all right so this one is kind of hard for me because I am j- usually pretty against a newer player getting into hordes at all, just because there's so much to paint and so much to build. And that could be overwhelming if you don't know the tips and tricks of how to make it a little easier. However, there is one faction whom I think takes all the stuff that I just said, tosses it out the window. So I pose to you Night Haunt. Oh. So In terms of flavor, the Night Haunt are a faction of ghosts. Of people who have died in the mortal realms in Age of Sigmar. And oftentimes, these people died tragically. Either through violence, maybe through betrayal, maybe through their own avarice. And for whatever reason, they have fallen to the clutches of the Lord of Death, Nagash. And he has raised them up in a veritable army of ethereal ghosts who swarm out across the land in giant hordes where you can't tell where one spectral being ends and another begins. And they come to slaughter the living, to take from them what they so badly want themselves. And what I think is really cool about that thematically is that there's nothing you can do to stop them. What are you going to do? Bar your doors? They'll walk through the walls. Yeah, they're just ghosts, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you going to get up real high and wait in a tower? They'll fly up there. You can't stop it. That's terrifying. And what are you going to do? Like hit them with your blacksmith hammer that you have because you're a villager? Like it's probably just going to pass right through them. And I think that's a Great thematic basis for an army that got models to back it up. Uh, The Nighthaunt, sort of like Caradron Overlords, are models that I think are striking. Uh, The people who sculpted these, I would be be surprised if they spent anything less than years working on these models to make them look as good as they do. And much like with Caradron... I think the look of an army appealing to you is really important, especially for a new player to kind of keep your passion up and moving. So in terms of how to get into it, there's no start collecting box for Nighthaunt, unfortunately. However, how I briefly mentioned that box for uh, Stormcast wizard guys, it's called Soul Wars. There was those wizard guys in half the box, and the other half of the box were Nighthaunt. So just like you could go online and Google Soul Wars Stormcast half, you could do the same for Nighthaunt and end up with a metric ton of Nighthaunt. You're going to end up with not one hero, but four heroes, I think. Good God. Uh, Some of which are kind of like melee powerhouses, some of which make your other ghosts stronger. And then you're also going to end up with a bunch of smaller ghosts just in large numbers to send into the enemy. And while these guys are a bit of a bear to build, totally true. Like, you look at their models and go, oh, wow, they look so delicate. Because they are.
1: Yeah, they're incredibly
0: delicate. That's something that will make building them take longer. However, I would argue painting them can be a breeze. Because they have so many like rav like ripped spectral clothes and whatnot flowing around behind them. Uh, You can use some paints from GW called contrast paints, which are kind of like quick and easy paints that run over models very efficiently to paint this entire army. I'm, I'm looking through their models now. I don't know if there's much anything in here that you couldn't just totally knock out quickly with contrast paints
1: i say they're actually probably the easiest army to paint out of all of the armies in both games. Yeah, I mean, Games Workshop really supported them
0: well with that uh, contrast paint Hex Wraith Flamed. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you prime them white, you put a little bit of that stuff on, and bada-bing, bada-boom, they're looking pretty good. Uh, and whereas Skaven can bog you down in the painting department, like John was talking about, these at least, I think you could dodge that a fair amount. And I think that's worth noting, especially if we're talking about a a new player focused viewpoint here. If you get them uh, and you're into them, you can easily just expand out to a 2000 point army. And with that soul wars half, you'll be pretty much ready to go right off the bat.
1: Yeah. And they're, they're really fun faction. um, Just in general, they have a lot of ghosts that just swarm the board and it kind of makes a an almost tide when they're all colored like this spectral ghosty color and you just see them on the table weaving the way through like terrain and stuff it it's very much like the uh army from return of the king uh that oh, aragorn gets Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it it's got that feeling of like watching that scene but on the table it's 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 fun it's really fun
0: yeah if you're into that at all give them a look uh, you could get into it and start them fairly cheaply. So, I'd say have at it at least. Now, John, we've talked about hordes. Now we're going to where I think is a little more appropriate. <clears throat> we're heading away from all of this to... H- what did you say? How many clan rats are possible? Like, over a hundred?
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, forget that nonsense. <laughs> That's too much patent.
0: No, absolutely (laughs) not. not.
1: Forever not done painting clan rats.
0: What if instead of painting like 200 things, I only paint 12 things? How about that? Why don't we talk about that? Because I think it's time we move into elites.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think elites will be a really good palette cleanser, if you will.
0: All right, so I'll kick us off because I feel pretty strongly about this one. Much how... John loves his magic cocaine-snorting rat men. I like ogres. I just I think ogres are awesome. I I mentioned it in uh, the first episode, like how I thought one of their models called the Frost Lord on Stonehorn is so cool I could rip my own hair out. And I'm I feel that way about most everything that they have. So. This is uh, an army that falls under that destruction category that we talked about in the first episode. And they're called Ogre Maw Tribes. And the the faction itself consists of a whole bunch of ogres. Some are on foot. Some are riding big beasties. Some have cannons. Some just have big hacking swords. And they. I'd say this army's pitch is this. So there are many people in the mortal realms vying for power. Whether that's through owning land, whether that's through incredible magic spells that can warp the face of time and reality itself, or whether they are literal gods trying to consolidate realities together for their own domains. The ogres aren't any of that. The ogres are a bunch of creatures... That have more muscle than they do brains and IQs roughly equal to their shoe sizes. And they are only here because they want to eat. And I feel it. My dude. (laughs) I want some chicken
1: tenders.
0: (laughs) I'm only here for the chicken tenders. If you run out, I'm leaving. I will and go
1: fight 20 ghosts for a
0: box of chicken
1: tenders. <laughs>
0: like, some people really like the idea of their guys be like, Yes, I am here to commit violence for the dark gods. No, I'm here to raid the Golden Corral. That's what I want. And I'd the like ogres... a number
1: four combo, please. I'm going to pay for it with this blood money I got from killing dwarves.
0: <laughs> and, th- like, the ogres do that. And some people who hear that pitch are like, mm, I don't think so. But there are other folks out there like me who went, yes, please.
1: And <laughs> that's simple. I like it. No rules just right. <laughs> Only kill dudes for food. <laughs>
0: yep. Um, and like, I think that's just really fun. And uh, some of this game gets a little too like serious for my taste. So I like mixing it up a little. Uh, And these guys do that with a little bit of horror sprinkled on top, which I think is delightful. Uh, So these are characters who they're really big and they're really strong individually because they're much bigger than a normal human. You know, what would kill a human? It would take four times that to kill an ogre. So you're getting a lot of bang for your buck, which is what comes with, you know, the sort of elite army. Uh, and these guys even get to avoid some of the downsides of an elite army. Uh, normally, what kind of stinks about playing an elite army is that in the game, you have to try to like do objectives and stuff. And that's based on the number of guys around a certain point of the board. And that means that if you've got like a bunch of clan rats there, my five ogres can't take it no matter how hungry they are but ogres got a new book here a little while back that fixed that uh they got a rule called might makes right where every ogre counts for two models per ogre because there's just that much beef and so much lad (laughs) yeah that's a lot of lad that's a big boy and some of them count for 10 models for every one ogre. So, like, they are they are punching above their weight class here. Um, now, this army has a couple of ways you can get into it. Now, I think the, the way that I think is the coolest is with their start collecting box. They don't have, a, like, an Ogre Mall Tribe start collecting box, per se. However... <clears throat> This army used to be two separate factions, and they combined it. And one of those factions still has its start collecting box out there floating about. And that, much like Flesh Eater Courts, this start collecting box is awesome. So it's called Start Collecting Beast Claw Raiders, and it contains that Stonehorn model that I think is so cool. Uh, and these are ogres. Who, through various lore reasons, if they stop moving, will be frozen in place by this horrendous ice storm that is cursed to follow them wherever they go. So they are mounted on the back of these big bull animals and they stay on the move forever. And if you want to get a, a great elite army with just one Star Collecting Box, this is the way to do it. You get a hero unit in the... And that's uh, Lord sitting on top of the Stonehorn, who is a hero and a hoss in combat. As well as you get uh, some regular smaller ogres on Mournfang, which are like smaller, sort of like if you mixed a, a feral pig and a pit bull, like they're riding those things. God,
1: that sounds so cool. Yeah, 30 um, to 50 feral hogs coming to a yard near you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: coming in hot, son. Coming in hot. Um, And if you buy that box, you are ready to go. Buy nothing else. You're pretty much ready for a starter army. You have to paint five models, and you are off to the races. Uh, and there's no other army, to my knowledge, that can do that. Yeah, and if I, you, I
1: think you're right. I think that's the only one that can be like, here's five models, dude, you're ready, here you go. <laughs> you yeah. bought the ticket, take the ride.
0: And that's wicked. And even better, so like, for my other... M- tender driven folk if you buy this box and you really think they're cool and you're like man i want to get more what do i do just buy a second star collecting box just buy another one Uh, two star collecting boxes not gonna hurt you at all because it's everything in there pretty good um and i i think that's hard to beat but john i expect you to try to beat it so what elite army do you think is possibly better than the Town Raiders?
1: Well, first off, I'm going to ask the listeners a question. Do you like ocean stuff? Do you like sharks? What about, like, big turtles? What about weird elves that eat people's souls? Well, if you're into any of that, you're probably going to be into the Idneth Deepkin. Because they're a group of sea elves that are trying to consume people's souls to stay alive surprisingly, are good guys. Because for whatever reason, they are. (laughs) Uh,
0: I would like to put a giant asterisk on that good guy statement.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're a group of elves that live under the sea and create this weird magic air-sea mixture that comes onto land to allow them to come and raid places. But uh, they help fight against the forces of chaos and destruction and death all the time. So they're kind of good guys. Um, But they've just... They've got some really wicked-looking models. Like I said, they they got one model as a dude's riding shark. Like, that's cool. they got a dude whose cape is just, like, a, almost a waterfall. they got a guy Ugh. who's got an octopus, like, around him that's holding a knife and a club, and that's yes. just objectively cool. I was cool. just gonna
0: say, like, the model where... So, the guy himself is, like, a, a wizard who's writing a note, and his octopus has the best... Do not tread, like, don't tread on me look I've ever seen. Just knife in one tentacle, club in other tentacle. I don't know where his gun is, but I
1: expect a tentacle to pull it out. Ugh, I love it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. The whole range is beautiful. They're all plastic. It's a, it's a new faction specifically for Age of Sigmar, and they're just, they're gorgeous models, and their lore is really cool. And their star collecting kit's pretty decent. It's not one of those ones I would buy multiple of. It's one I would just buy one of. Uh, it comes with some eels, which are you know eel cavalry with these elves riding them. That very useful. You can use them as battle line. Um, mm-hmm. It comes with a group of infantry that you can, I believe, make reavers or they're like normal foot soldier infantry guys. Yeah, which you is can. You can build them with bows or swords. And then it's got a uh, HQ piece. The only reason I wouldn't suggest to buy multiple of these is that the HQ piece is static, so you can only ever use it as that HQ piece. You normally don't really want more than more than one of them. I would start with a start collecting Friday Night can. see what you like about it, and then if you want to get an upgrade, pick up one of these like awesome looking characters they have, or like a, another or group another of box eels. of eels. Yeah, like, the eels are so good. Um,
0: if you're if you play them and you really like the idea of like these underwater raiders that are mounted, like get another box of eels, get a shark or get, God forbid you get that giant turtle.
1: We will be friends. Yeah. The giant turtles is immensely cool. And they're not that hard to paint. Like they look like they would be really difficult to paint, but with the invention of contrast, it's actually really simple. If you like undercoat it white and take some of those brighter colors, they lend themselves naturally to this kind of, Bubble gum like ocean y color palette that isn't quite pastel but's kind of pastel. It fits this army really well, so it's actually a lot easier to get you know get this color going than you would think. And it looks beautiful, it's very pretty, it's very good. Highly suggested to people. And the army honestly isn't that hard to play, it's got a little bit more difficulty to it. There's some tricksy elements to it, but for the most part, it's pretty self explanatory. And doesn't take a whole lot of time to learn. I, I think it's a great introductory faction for Age of Sigmar. With a lot of potential for getting better. But with that being said. And I think that I, I need to stop talking about sea elves right now before I start buying the army. Uh, we should go on to the next category. Which is magic. Now, I love wizards. But Joe, you don't. So I want to hear you talk about wizards. <laughs> yeah, well...
0: Okay, you're right. I generally am not a big fan of magic and whatnot, which is changing. I'm getting into a magic army that isn't quite fully released yet, slowly but surely. Um, However, I do think it's cool and it has a place in the game. And one of the few times that I have been really interested in a magic army is at a force called the Seraphon. Uh, let me just go ahead and give you their pitch because it's real, real easy. Magic, laser, dinosaurs. I don't need to say anything else. That's, that's it. That's exactly the sales pitch. Like, do you think magic is neat? Did you also love Jurassic Park? Then Seraphod's for you. Yeah, they're sort of like, uh, kind of like Jaguar warriors. From, like, the statues and depictions we have, but these have scales and stuff. So, uh, the Seraphon, game I will give the in-universe explanation, uh, the Seraphon are a race of celestial beings that were made long, long ago by the old gods, specifically tasked with destroying chaos at its root, and they have spent the ensuing millennia's carrying out that goal being led by these giant toad wizards they are actually summoned into existence through his force of will called down and made from starlight on the battlefield where they will crush and smash and destroy with magic might and giant t-rex jaws and then as soon as the fighting's done they all disappear into nothing and it's an ominous echo of silence in their wake and i think that's pretty cool um and on the tabletop they have arguably some of the best magic casters in the game the those big toads i had just talked about are bonkers sorcerers uh like, un, they could do things at ranges that other people can't do, then cast spells that other people can't get access to. And, uh, we mentioned in the last couple episodes that Age of Sigmar has what we call endless spells. Like, spells that get their own model that you set up on the table. Seraphon can summon those endless spells and then be immune to their negative effects for their army. Uh, they are the masters of magic. And... Some of their models are just super cool. Uh, it's kind of hard, though, to recommend someone to jump into uh, Seraphon, you know, John? Like, it's, uh, it's kind of like when you talked about Corn Bloodbound. There are two big directions you could go in with this army, and uh, both are viable. But depending on which one you're interested in, I would recommend different starter boxes for you. Uh, So the army is really set up into two factions. One that is heavily based on all that crazy magic stuff I just talked about. And one that is based on the idea of these melee lizards. Like these big... Kind of like gator humanoids with shields and... uh, quasoctals, And literal T-Rexes stomping across the board and tearing the enemy apart. And... Both of them are very cool. Both are totally fine directions. But I'll put it this way if you really want to go hard into that magic stuff and get really wild with it, I would tell you to pick up one of the Start Collecting boxes called Start Collecting Skinks. S K I N K S. They're smaller lizards. However, in that Start Collecting box, it comes with a, a Skink Star Priest, who is a great caster with and utility piece you get a bunch of skinks which are the little dudes that are one of your battle lines uh and then it also comes with a unit called a Bastillodon, which is a an ankylosaurus by the way my favorite dinosaur that'll be on the test and uh that ankylosaurus has a laser on its back or you can build it with a snake fountain
1: both are cool I'm sorry, could you tell me that again? Did you say snake fountain?
0: I, look, I know they call it the arcasotech, but I calls them as I sees them. It's a snake fountain. Like, it's a stone thing with snakes pouring out of it.
1: Coming to your local Golden Corral, snake fountain. We keep it next to the chocolate fountain <laughs> in the ice cream machine. <laughs> really keep things thing spicy.
0: Uh, and on top of that, you get skinks riding pterodactyls in that box. So... If you then supplement that with, like, a slon, that big toad wizard I was talking about, you got a pretty good starter force that you can hop right into. Conversely, if you just really like the idea of a guy riding around on an Allosaurus, uh, start collecting Seraphon. Great way to start. Uh, Gives you uh, an HQ unit, which is one of them, like, lizard dudes with the shield whatnot riding the back of a T-Rex. Objectively cool super cool and then you also get um a bunch of those lizard like those lizard dudes on foot which are battle line and then you get some uh lizard dudes riding giant raptors this is a, i didn't think about just how nuts this army sounds when you try to describe it but and then you
1: try to like explain it to somebody and you're like oh i sound like a really excited 12 year old like <laughs> i like i
0: pause cuz like there's no way that's an accurate description oh no that that's it oh, that's, no, it. No, that's okay.
1: actually pretty accurate it's just like crazy dinosaur faction I'm
0: really leaning into it all right um but both of those options are totally viable uh start collecting box either seraphon or skink and then uh either direction you're probably going to want to add one of them toad casters onto it also uh and if you get that i i don't think you could really go wrong you're Then can expand however you would like when you want to spend a little more money on it. But alright, John. I've got Laser Dinosaurs from Space.
1: What do you have? So, I'm going to go ahead and shock everybody. I can't beat Laser Dinosaurs from Space. That's that's a hard pitch to beat. But what I am going to tell you about is another Chaos Faction, because apparently I'm biased... I could have told
0: you that looking at your <laughs> collection. <laughs>
1: and that's Disciples of Zinch. Um Disciples of Zinch are based around the Chaos God of Change, Zinch, And it's got mortals and demons and, like, it's got bird dudes and all sorts of casters and the army is based around being Trixie, um, with magic, specifically. They've got all sorts of things to adjust like luck and make plans and do all these crazy things. But... The faction is just super unique and weird. It's kinda of what you would expect like bizarre, crazy demons to look like that aren't like like the doom demons that are like chugga-chugga gun gun gun. They're more like bird dudes that summon weird goat dudes and like little blue Amorphous, morphous things and i don't even know if that's a word Zine just messing with me apparently but
0: i think you mean amorphous that yeah was the there we go, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah these like angry pink amorphous blobs that when you gun them down explode into two blue amorphous blobs and when you gun those down they explode into four
1: living fireballs <laughs> yeah like the army's kind of nuts so, if you really like Bizarre, this is, and you really like Magic, this is kind of your bag. Uh, it's got all sorts of weird stuff in it. Like, some of the names of these stuff. Screamers of Zinch, Fluxmaster, uh, Lord of Change, The Blue Scribes. Like, it's just, it's very unique-flavored. So, I would look into it, if it sounds familiar, uh, sounds great for you. And they have a start Collecting box. Um, unlike the Blades of Corn, there's a start Collecting Demons of Zinch only. And it comes with, like, this big, weird, like, chariot thing with blue flames coming out of it, a bunch of the pink horror battle line dudes, a hero caster, um some, like, infantry flamers, these weird, like, manta ray-looking demon flyer things. Yeah, those are the screamers. Yeah, and, like, it's just, it's wild, it's crazy. Uh It can't beat laser dinosaurs from out of space, but it's there, and it's insane so
0: (laughs) yeah and i mean and a lot of the stuff in that box are also wizards like even your battle line from that box the pink horrors are wizards yeah like addition to your hq which is a wizard
1: yeah almost everything in this army cast magic so that's one of the things about if you like magic like really like magic this is the army for you the whole thing can just the whole thing pretty much cast magic or has some sort of air quotes magical like effect to it
0: yeah, the only thing I would warn you about Zinch because one of my good buds plays Zinch and has, like, thrown this against me a whole bunch, uh, is that when we talked about those pink horrors, like the amorphous blobs that split into two amorphous blobs and each of those split into two more fireballs, uh, if you, you can do that on the tabletop, but you gotta buy all those amorphous blobs. Um, yeah. So... This could end up being a high model count army uh, pretty quickly and you wouldn't expect it. So if you're like super into magic and you don't mind having to buy a whole bunch of amorphous creatures
1: that lack a neck, well then have at it. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, But fortunately, those models are pretty easy to paint. They're, They're very quick to paint. There's not a lot of detail on them and they're kind of like one solid color for the most part. Yeah, I mean, the
0: pink horrors are pink, the blue horrors are blue, the brimstones are the little fireballs. They take a little more effort, but if if it's, like, really your flavor and you really enjoy the idea of this sort of, like, it's almost like a Cthulhu-esque cult for people who are Lovecraft fans, of people who are losing their mind as they feel back the different stratuses of the universe. Well, I think you probably won't mind painting a bunch of little dudes cuz that's a hard flavor to get.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like with that we're going to we're going to add magic. I'm pretty sure the winner there is Laser Dinosaurs. <laughs> like I, That's I, a tough one to beat.
0: I really came out swinging on that one. So every
1: every time you talk about Seraphon it makes me just go, I should Go buy Seraphone. <laughs> <should John>, just... <laughs> you cannot buy more. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need it. <laughs> Give me my precious. Um, but with that, you know, we'll go on we'll go on to Trixie. Yeah, yeah. Trick Army is yeah, so a little bit harder to play armies.
0: I'm going to preface this by saying that I would not recommend a trick army to any new player. Just by nature of what it is, it's it's hard to get into, it's hard to learn. And it's hard to play on the tabletop. However, if you're like out there with a ginormous big brain and you have figured out how to undo the childproof pill bottles, like you've just mastered the universe, all right, I acquiesce. I'll go first, just because, well, if we're gonna talk about Zinch unfolding the layers of the universe, then I feel like I have to talk about drugs. So my trick army is Gloom Spike Gets, which is a bunch of goblins who have done so many psychedelics that they are losing their minds and gaining magic powers from them. Again, John? Hard to beat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy and nuts and uh, also super unique, very, very different from what you normally guess as goblins in most. Yeah, it,
0: it's not often that, like, you think of a, go- a bunch of goblins attacking a Grateful Dead concert, but, like, that's the mashup we're going for It's kind of
1: their whole bag here. Um, in
0: canon, that I wish I was being facetious. Like, these are goblins who found mushrooms in caves that got them incredibly out of their minds, and then they started to view the world differently. And some of them, while in the thralls of this experience, I will say, uh, unlocked abilities that they did not have before. Uh, and now, uh, the goblin who is the most quote unquote enlightened leads the rest of them, uh, on a crusade across the mortal realms following what they call the bad moon and destroying whatever they come across in their path following that moon. Um, which, just delightful. And you'll notice that on their models, a lot of them have, like, mushrooms and stuff. That, that's why, because none of them are right in their minds. This is, like, while they are very cool, though, thematically, it is hard for me to tell you how to get into it. Because there is a Stark Collecting box for Gloom Spike Gits. And in it, you get an HQ unit, called a loon boss, which is actually pretty good. And then you get a bunch of squigs, which can be Battle Line. Um, Squigs are kind of like, if y'all ever heard of the movie, like, okay. Y'all ever heard of Troubles? Like, Tribbles? Old, old thing? Kind of like that. Kind of like that. Uh, They're these little squishy reptilian orb creatures with legs. With mouths that are the size of their entire body that uh, are herded by the goblins and sometimes eaten or sometimes eat the goblins. And they sort of like rally them towards battle, Uh, which is cool. And then you also end up with uh, some trolls, some Trogoth trolls, uh, which are which follow the goblins around for the mushrooms and whatnot. And all of those sound cool, but I'm gonna be honest, I don't see people running these. Like, it's, I've seen some squigs around on the board, but not a ton. Um, I don't think you're going to use the trolls too much. The loon boss you might use. So if you're really down to like, man, I, j- I got to have those mushroom goblins, I would recommend you grab that Star Collecting box, but then you buy two boxes of what they call Stabas, which are just goblins with spears and nets. Uh, Cause really, like that's gonna give you a ton of goblins, and that's the that's gonna be your basis for the army. And with everything in that start collecting box, will be flavor, but most of your army, the core of it, is gonna be these goblins with spears. Also, it is a army that is going to have a lot of those goblins, so it's a great way to test yourself to buy a couple like one or two boxes of those Stabas, and paint them all. See if you're still into it after that. Uh, if you're still liking the flavor, you're probably good to go on. Like, this is for you. But if you get halfway through and you, you're you thrown in the towel, well, you might have just saved yourself a whole bunch of effort and a whole bunch of trouble.
1: Yeah, uh, Gunsoi gets her really... Unique faction, and not necessarily for everybody, but for the people they are for, it's it's really fun yeah. And really so great.
0: like, once you have all of the stuff you need together, with like once you get to bigger, more advanced armies, you can debuff the enemy and lower their ability to stay on the board because you're getting them out of their minds. Uh, you can hide suicide goblins in your goblin units and like surprise reveal them later. Uh, It's in them hurtling at the enemy at high speed. Uh, It's nuts. A whole bunch of underhanded debuffs and buffs and uh, sneaky redeploys. But, you know, it could be hard to get into that army just because you're going to need so many models. And
1: it's difficult to wrap your head around. Yeah, a little bit difficult. Now, my suggestion, on the other hand, is going to be Sylvaneth. Ah, uh, you stole my army. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you like trees? Do you like nature? Yep. Yep. Uh, do you like the four seasons?
0: Love them. Well, I like autumn most, but love them.
1: Uh, then you are going to love Sylvaneth. Uh, and they're I very yeah you do they're a very tricksy army because you're doing a lot of like weird tricks with trees and stuff like that um but the star collecting kit it's pretty good it's a pretty good star collecting kit uh you'll need everything in that box and it's it got multiple the tree lord in there the big tree and looking dude can be made into multiple kits which is super handy mm-hmm. um but you know joe you play this army why don't you you know tell everyone why you love it and why they should play it if they want a more challenging tricksy type of playstyle.
0: Yeah. So, uh, as you can probably tell by the art on this, uh, on like our social medias and the YouTube thing, uh, I don't just play Sylvanath. It is, it is my force. Like some people talk about the army that resonates with them personally. This is mine. Um, For the people out there, like, of course, y'all don't know me personally, but uh, I went to school for a whole lot of uh, environmental specialties, and uh, I actually spent time doing environmental restoration professionally. So when I saw that there was an army that was nature defending itself with giant trees walking through the forest, I was... I was immediately hurtled back to when I was a kid watching uh, Two Towers and the Ents came to fight the orcs. And that flavor is just my flavor. Uh, The idea that a calm forest can be host to a giant line of chaos warriors walking single file. And as they walk, people start getting pulled down below the earth, but don't notice. And then just as they start to realize that a couple of their own troops have been pulled down. Literally stepping from the trees are these twenty-foot-tall monstrosities, with spectral weapons made of spiritual energy, who cut them down. Like that's that's the flavor that I'm into. Uh, mechanically, though, they are—they don't have as much uh, like debuff and magical tricks as the gloob spite does. Uh, however, and John can attest to this. They've got some movement tricks. Um, When you play Sylvaneth, you can summon uh, terrain on different places of the board where you literally summon forests into existence. And then you can teleport units from one forest to another to hop around the board really quickly, which can catch your opponents off guard. And it's a difficult style to pick up because you've really got to start thinking with portals. But... Once you get used to it, it could be really rewarding to win games with.
1: Also, it's just a gorgeous force on the on the table. I, you know, I've seen all sorts of things online of like pictures of people who paint them in a fall scheme or a winter scheme or a summer scheme, and that's always super cool. But the all of them together, almost like it's just it. It's very similar to Night Haunt, where Night Haunt has a overall theme for the whole army that's very visible once they're painted up and put on the table same thing with sylvanath uh you almost don't want to kill the models because they're so pretty like you'll probably spend a good portion of time looking at someone's models going oh god that, that's uh, that's really cool like they're really really great um and definitely some of the best models in the range as well oh yeah for sure i i think that even if you don't play the game and you're you know just wanting to paint models these would also just be good models to paint and have as like a, on your desk yeah like, i mean
0: super cool absolutely stunning uh And if you're someone who's creative and you kind of like coming up with your own theme, you can go wild here. I mean, I I personally painted mine in an autumn theme because that is by far my favorite season. It's, you know, in the spring, and the summer, I'm trapped inside by my own allergies. But in autumn, I get to come out. So I painted my sylvaness similarly with a lot of oranges and yellows. Uh, however, I've seen people paint them your traditional green leaf colors for like a summer setting. I've seen people paint them like cherry blossom trees, and when they move out, they look like a whole grove of cherry blossoms. Uh, and I've seen people paint them as like spooky forest trees, like uh, something out of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, it could get as weird and as wild as you want if you're really into making your own paint schemes and running with your theme.
1: Yeah, I... I'd- Huge fan, huge fan of Sylvanath. But with that, I think we've sold all the armies. I think, uh, the yeah, in the
0: vaguest senses, I think we've probably said it a lot here. There, like, there's no one right way to get into these forces, but at least when I was getting into the hobby, um, it's having someone give me a rough idea of where to start was just real helpful. So we thought, hopefully, this will at least give you something to think about and something to consider. Um, and if you do have any like more specific questions on where to start, or maybe you want an idea of where to go from this starting position, y'all reach out to us on social media. We got it down in the description, but uh, DM us or just mention us in uh, like a tweet or something or in the comments or the YouTube,
1: and we will happily help you. Um, yeah, we're, we're really in this for helping other players get in the game, enjoy the game, and continue doing it for a long time. It, it's very fulfilling for us so
0: yeah if you have any of those just hit it let us know and we'll help you personally if we can absolutely and this week was all age of sigmar of course as we mentioned next week though uh, we're going to do all 40k we're going to do this exact same style again just with 40k armies for people who want to do that game as well to this one which i think is kind of the way to go Uh, but for people who are just going to be playing age of sigmar uh, might not be a whole lot new next week for you, uh, but we're not gonna try. We're gonna try not to split these up too often. Uh, a lot of the topics we plan on covering are kind of game neutral. What you say, John? Sort of setting neutral.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of like over encompassing wargaming and all games involving this style of play, kind of in general, kind of topics and Warhammer stuff in general. But we're splitting them up here mostly for the sake of our newer players that are wanting to. Get a little bit more help so we can try to help them.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, even with just one game, we have talked for over an hour about it and and that was just touching on stuff briefly. So also just breaking up apart for time's sake. But um hopefully we'll see you guys next week. If not, if you're just not a 40k person, totally get it. But I hope we see you back for episode five. We're gonna be going back to a more neutral stance on the game itself, so there'll be a little bit of something for everybody. But for now, I've been Joe. And I've been John. And that's all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all next week. See ya, and have fun painting.